welcome back to my podcast. So this is the season of destruction. Um, as we continue, I have been getting very different messages this year, and they're not messages that I can see uh, to make anyone happy at this time. There's a happy ending to everything, but the happy note it will end with will not be that pleasant. So, I've been asking Jesus some questions and a passage in the Bible where it says there will be 200 million resurrected soldiers and I asked Jesus, you know, uh, because I was I was also watching um, uh, based on a true story of the exorcist and something this demon said um, when he had possessed the priest and he said that most of the human beings on earth will be possessed and nobody will ever tell the difference between a demon and a human being because most of the demons will be living in humans and it was very eerie for me when I heard that because I was like I was led back to a passage where it says there will be 200 million resurrected soldiers and I don't believe that they're soldiers of Christ they're soldiers of the other side the demons these are the kind of aliens that have been abducted people when they sleep at night and replacing them with their own cloned uh, hybrids And this is a phenomenon that I have not, you know, just told anyone about. They're, they're, it's there actually, it's being discussed, UFOs, and in the YouTube you'll find movies about it, you'll find documentaries about this um, hybrid uh, replacement of human beings. So, um, so I asked, I was asking Jesus uh, not so long ago, and I was telling, I was asking him, is it the 200 million demons you're talking about is are they demons those 200 million soldiers resurrected and he said yes and then I asked him again so does it mean that most of humanity is possessed and then he told me yes more than half are possessed at this time and then I then I asked again how, how do you mean more than half does it mean that You know, we are six billion, we're heading to seven billion right now. So does it mean like half of the seven billion said more than half of that, you know, you know, half of the seven billion could be 3.5. So more than half means it's more than four billion people are possessed in this world today. And he told me, then how about other humans? Will there be any, anyone saved? And he told me there will be a few saved. And when said a few I was like how many few is it a hundred thousand or and he was just specific and said yeah just few saved and I was like god I want to be among those who are going to be saved because I've been shown visions of people killing war that takes over the whole world and 
it looks like the third world war it's actually worse than any war i've ever seen in my life and it's literally chaos and destruction and i'm going to talk about it in the next um episode i'll do an episode on its own about the sword of truth of saint angel you know saint michael the archangel so i hope you stay tuned and may god bless you all i hope and i'll give you more of everything that i've been receiving from jesus in this city of destruction episode thank you stay tuned and hello welcome back so jesus at this point when i'm receiving this revelation is very sad and he's just really taken aback by everything that is going on the indifference the rejection and he said that it's because they have rejected our hearts and that's why these things have to happen and they're going to happen whether people are aware of it or not whether they're living their lives normally or going back to their normal lives lifestyles these things will still take place and people are going to be to be seeing these things in the news the television because they have rejected Jesus and the Blessed Mother and they're going to see things that they just really do not like seeing in the news because the news will take a darker tone it take more evil and demonic nature so and that's why for me I, I avoid watching the news because I know what's happening it's just um, not getting any better at this point and at this time because of the chastisements that are being activated um, almost like since the beginning of 1917 2021 and 2022 and I will explain the activation of the sword of truth of Saint Michael the Archangel I hope you stay tuned because that's a very 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 sensitive topic and I could include it here uh, but this time it's for revel this episode um, it's for revelations of Jesus and and how he and what he sees and, and what he's you know the things that he's giving to his righteous those who are following him and those who are on the right path to heaven it's for them that I make this episode for all the righteous out there in the world I hope you listen and they believe and they understand what's going on and they cling to Jesus and the Blessed Mother because they're the only hope that we have there will be no more hope in this world there's no more a remedy for this world it's just Jesus and the Blessed Mother and their hearts uh, stay tuned for more I'll bring more and I hope that you have a nice um, night and God bless you all and I, I'm not gonna say that I'm happy about what's happening for me I'm very sad for many people out there in the world today because things that are coming for them it's going to be worse because the activation that I was really trying to halt Jesus or that St. Michael from activating was that one of um, ultimate destruction of the earth and that's the one that I was trying to avoid that it's being activated and unfortunately that's happened and what you're going to see in the news is going to take a much more 
outsider in Warstone. You gotta stay tuned for this. Things are not gonna get better. Um, they will look like they're getting better, but you'll find that things are not in the right direction. And I'm not happy about it at all. I'm not happy that what you know Jesus was saying that more more than half of humanity are possessed by demons, whether they are aware of it or not. This is something that is um, has been there in the Bible, has been predicted to come, and this activation has been happening from a very long time, the 90s, the 1800s, when you're hearing the UFOs, the emergence of UFOs. Yeah, the third rage of Hitler's world, if you read that, you will the occult in the third rage of the book of Hitler. And you realize that these people were actually unleashing demons into the world, and that's what has been overtaking humanity. So, I hope you stay tuned for more. And this is this uh, podcast is for preparing you for the future because trust me, you will need to buckle your seatbelt because I think we're gonna go on a bumpy ride, a roller coaster of some kind. Thank you and stay tuned. Welcome back to my podcast. So I, in this episode that I've just started about the chastisement and the reason why the church has to go through this chastisement and the whole world is involved as well, it's because of the marriage between the church and the world and the church is largely to contribute to this chastisement that, you know, God and the Blessed Mother has said would come to this world and it, it's now what we're experiencing today. So I'm going to, in this episode, explain further about Vatican II and the marriage between the church and the world and how the world entered the church. It's the same way the Protestant churches behave. I mean, when Martin Luther broke away from the main Catholic church, he became Protestant. And I'm going to give you the kind of similarities you're going to find with the Catholic church. So I hope you stay tuned. And there's a lot that um, I'm going to be revealing in this episode. I hope that you're going to keep an ear and open to every side that you believe that you may support one side or you know, say, oh no, I believe the Catholic Church is just the way it is, it's good, it's everything, but keep an open mind because it's not the same thing. Welcome back again. Lily Nash at Creative Visionary School of Christ Ministries and College. Because in this world, we are here to learn and we are here and we graduate at some point. We go from one level to the next and we go to higher levels. So for me, I've graduated now because I'm in the School of Christ. And he's now teaching me many, many things that I will also teach you. And, you know, you'll get to know with time. So, over to what has been going on in my life is I was chosen as a messenger. And um, I was supposed to spread this message of hope and peace and love to all those who I was sent to, 
beginning with my family. Um, and it was not going to be a bad message, I believe. It was actually began in a good way. Um, Jesus just wanting to reveal himself in this family and wanting to reveal himself to the world at large afterwards, wanting to use my family to like even have a, their own ministry if possible. It happens that that didn't happen and Satan has been in every step of the way and now like the whole world is doomed. The truth is once a messenger is rejected, that means the message is rejected. It's just like in Jeremiah, the, the uh, prophets of old, in Jeremiah, the, um, the, the ones, uh, Jonah, Amos, Elijah, Elisha. There are many prophets who have gone through a lot of hard time. Elijah and, you know, like, you know, uh, Jezebel chased Elijah away. It's like, you know, you have to do, you know, if, you know, you, you just wanted to get rid of all the prophets in Israel. And, you know, when a world, okay, at large, the world rejects the messenger. It means that they're rejecting the message the messenger is carrying. It's just, and, and when this happens, chastisements will obviously follow. And it will be worse than the chastisements that have come in the past. So... The chastisements are multiplied times maybe 10 or 100 or 1,000 uh, in ways that you can't even imagine. So like a whole country or continent going into snow or, you know, having these severe weather conditions that are just beyond anything. You've only watched them in television, you know, movies that you know, create these scenarios that there's going to be a meteorite hitting the ocean or a continent and you see the whole of that continent going down in, into the sea and you're like, oh no, that can never happen. But now it's going to happen and it's, you know, these chastisements are multiplying every single time the world rejects the message. And the reason why they're rejecting the message is because they just don't want to listen to God. They don't want to hear what he's saying to them. They just want to continue on with their lives. They want to just live the way they want. And so, you know what? God has decided to allow the world to live the way it wants because that is the path that they have chosen. So even me, even if I tried... As a messenger, like my family right now, these people who I came to first are suffering. And I can't help them because I have been, you know, I, yes, I wanted to help, but God is like, no, no, no. Let, if they want help, they'll come to me by themselves. They're going to come to my cross and they're going to say they're sorry and they're going to ask for forgiveness and and then, you know, they can... I'll be able to help them in whatever they need. But now they're going to suffer. And those people and all those children they're with, they have to suffer too because you know what? They have put themselves under a curse. And those curses, when they come, they affect the children and the children's children and the, until the fourth and the fifth and the generations beyond that. So you, I can't help these people. I, I could have helped them, but I can't because I have been... I have been actually like blocked. I've been told, 
well, you're not going to do it. You're not going to help these people. They will have to come to my cross and they will have to ask for forgiveness by themselves. And if they can't do that, they're on their own. And this is the punishment that, you know, God, you know, I'm giving them, you know, as God saying that, you know, they have done this to me. They have hurt me a lot. So now they will have to suffer. They will have to pay for all the crimes and the sins and the reparations they've committed against the heart of my mother and the hearts, you know, and the heart of, and my heart, you know, and all those who have sent that they have rejected, it means that they were rejecting my message because when you, okay, so when you reject the message of, you know, the messenger who's giving the message, it means that they've rejected the message of Christ that he was bringing to them. And in this way, the, these people heap upon themselves the chastisements that have been predicted to come and even being multiplied as we speak. So this is how things have been going. And I really feel bad for these people who I was living with. I, I don't know. They're not, they're not really my family. They're, they're like, because they rejected me and they told me, well, we don't want you anymore in our lives. And you know what? And whatever you have to say, we won't listen. So you just, you're not part of this family. And I wanted to help these people, but now they're going to suffer because they've decided that, you know, they don't want God in their lives. They don't want what God has to offer in their lives, which is all has always been good. But now they want evil and they're here trying to like think that, everything is fine well everything is not because the children are suffering now and they also suffering because they don't listen to god they don't listen to jesus they don't listen to anyone who you know a divine being who just comes or jesus and the blessed mother and wants to talk to them and they just don't want to hear so they're suffering and they will continue to suffer like i told you the world will suffer for the next 40 years and it's because of you know, the website I created in YouTube was called 40 Years in the Wilderness for Hearts Found. And so this is how the world is going to go. It's going to go in circles trying to find God. They're going to try to find God. If they don't repent, they will continue to go around in circles. They're not going to find what they've always wanted or what they want in their lives. So this is the punishment that they're they are going to face. So um, we were going to continue here. With the events leading to the denial of the apparitions, uh, you know, of Garabandal against the um, official World Council of the Churches Vatican, in Vatican II, from 1959, you know, it started mostly after John Paul XXIII was elected Pope. So, and I had already told you that these apparitions had coincided with the Garabandal and the Blessed Mother was coming to tell the children that if people don't change, then the chastisements will still come. And since the church didn't want to listen and they had rejected the messengers, which means they were rejecting the message, which means the chastisement, because the Blessed Mother was saying, the cup has already full. It's actually more than that. And... It's, you know, these chastisements were going to be worse. And so um, the Pope 
Pope the 23rd had announced a positive union of the future of the church. And the opening message elicited a very positive outlook in life other than the negative connotations of past reformers and seers from that day onward. Any seer or visionary who interpreted the future with a doomy gloom was to be condemned, in other words, unapproved by the church and uninvestigated. So you can imagine what happened after the um, these kinds of phenomenal were beginning to increase during that time, the 1960s going beyond, and the Blessed Mother wasn't happy at all with the reforms. She saw for the church a bitter ending, and she said, yes, this uh, Vatican II Council will be a success, but the truth is it will not produce good fruits. Also, let us call this council not only the Vatican II, but the World Eucunemical Council of Churches, bringing a unity of all religions, Catholic or not, and beyond, creating a one-world religion. So this is the one-world religion we're talking about here, guys, from now henceforth. I'll, you'll be listening to me referring to the one-world religion, okay? Catholicism being the one who initiated it and you know allowed it to you know take place officially on a global scale so during one of the operations rather than the, the that last one the message was many bishops and priests are leading many to hell which i'd already discussed a little the documents at vatican ii were being revealed and given a stamp of approval while these apparitions were ongoing our lady wanted these messages known to the world but the church had already closed its, its doors on such messages and just like my family did close the doors and the protestant churches and all the other denominations and all those um have closed doors on the real messengers of christ who just try and tell them to come back to christ you know the sacraments and all those things okay and put them aside and put aside by them and this very act displeased the holy mother of jesus christ however even with this indifference the heavens were not silent and could see that all was happening and doing all in and they were they were trying to stop such atrocities more than you know that would lead many away from god and the holy mother so in the year 1963 john paul the 23rd died and was buried the liturgical reforms commenced afterwards. So this time another pope is elected, Pope John Paul VI. The Latin Mass is done away with. They begin to preach the gospel of love, as all charismatic movement churches do. In this way, these anti-popes began to become more recognized, not only within the church, but outside of it. Suddenly, the uniqueness of Catholicism that it had within itself was no longer there as now they could ident identify themselves as Protestants and behave just like the Protestants, you know. So the Catholic Church uh, became Protestant in its ways, its thinking, its actions. It chose to throw all spiritual discernment of the Holy Spirit out of the window. And this has a very big, huge impact on Our Lady's devotion because the devotion decreased immediately after this Vatican II came into being. The apparitions were increasing, but the devotion to Our Lady was decreasing and was being adamantly being stopped by this um, 
you know, the ones who had taken over Vatican II, okay, the Freemasonry world, the new church, you know, Novus Order. So Rome chose to conform to the world. Instead, the world turning to the church, it became the opposite. So in 1965, the Economical Vatican II Council concluded with it the 16 written documents. The council ended in a very jolly and joyful atmosphere. All the people went back home contented with the Vatican II reforms. And I'm going to discuss more further what these reforms are and what was really going on with this Vatican II disaster and how it brought about a schism in the church and how it led to many priests and bishops and some of the nuns leaving that church to just, uh, you know, go to other churches, right? So what happens after the, ne the, the next, uh, what happens next after this council only leads little to the imagination of the many who were left. The Holy Mother appears to Conchita one last time and she asks if she can go to heaven and be with her. The Blessed Mother replies, I cannot take you with me. You must repent and do penance. You must tell all the others who are with you to do penance and pray. Pray the rosary very, very hard for the chastisements are coming and they will not stop until the world repents. Can you imagine this kind of scenario where the messages of Our Lady that she was giving for people to repent and for people to just not allow this kind of atrocity to enter into the church to be adamantly against it and to stand firm in the faith and to hold firm in their faith. This is the persecution of the church that Our Lady of Fatima had already predicted to come. So the persecution of true people of God are being persecuted. The inception of a new world religion. The three goals of Freemasonry and Satanism is this. The creation of a new world order, which is a new constitution of the order, the inception of a new world government, and the inception of a new world order that began with Vatican II at Rome, because the rest have already been created. The only thing that was remaining was a new world religion, because a new world government has already been in place since the very beginning, since the, the day the uh, presidents of the American were being assassinated and replaced with those who are going to actually accept this new world order government. Let's begin with part one, the inception of a new world order. Okay. Welcome back again. Lila Nash at Creative Visionary School of Christ Ministries and College. Because in this world, we are here to learn, and we are here, and we graduate at some point. We go from one level to the next, and we go to higher levels. So, for me, I've graduated now, because I'm in the School of Christ, and he's now teaching me many, many things that I will also teach you, and, you know, you'll get to know with time. So... Over to what has been going on in my life is I was chosen as a messenger and um, 
I was supposed to spread this message of hope and peace and love to all those who I was sent to, uh, beginning with my family. Um, and it was not going to be a bad message. I believe it was actually began in a good way. Um, Jesus just wanting to reveal himself in this family and wanting to reveal himself to the world at large afterwards, wanting to use my family to like even have a, their own ministry if possible. It happens that that didn't happen and Satan has been in every step of the way and now like the whole world is doomed. The truth is once a messenger is rejected, that means the message is rejected. It's just like in Jeremiah, the, the uh, prophets of old, in Jeremiah, the, um, the, the ones, uh, Jonah, Amos, Elijah, Elisha. There are many prophets who have gone through a lot of hard time. Elijah and, you know, like, you know, uh, Jezebel chased Elijah away. It's like, you know, you have to do, you know, if, you know, you, you just wanted to get rid of all the prophets in Israel. And, you know, when a world, okay, at large, the world rejects the messenger. It means that they're rejecting the message the messenger is carrying. It's just, and, and when this happens, chastisements will obviously follow. And it will be worse than the chastisements that have come in the past. So... The chastisements are multiplied times maybe 10 or 100 or 1,000 uh, in ways that you can't even imagine. So like a whole country or continent going into snow or, you know, having these severe weather conditions that are just beyond anything. You've only watched them in television, you know, movies that you know, create these scenarios that there's going to be a meteorite hitting the ocean or a continent and you see the whole of that continent going down in, into the sea and you're like, oh no, that can never happen. But now it's going to happen and it's, you know, these chastisements are multiplying every single time the world rejects the message. And the reason why they're rejecting the message is because they just don't want to listen to God. They don't want to hear what he's saying to them. They just want to continue on with their lives. They want to just live the way they want. And so you know what? God has decided to allow the world to live the way it wants because that is the path that they have chosen. So even me, even if I tried... As a messenger, like my family right now, these people who I came to first are suffering. And I can't help them because I have been, you know, I, yes, I wanted to help, but God is like, no, no, no. Let, if they want help, they'll come to me by themselves. They're going to come to my cross and they're going to say they're sorry and they're going to ask for forgiveness. And, and then, you know, they can... I'll be able to help them in whatever they need. But now they're going to suffer. And those people and all those children they're with, they have to suffer too because you know what? They have put themselves under a curse. And those curses, when they come, they affect the children and the children's children and the, until the fourth and the fifth and the generations beyond that. So you, I can't help these people. I, I could have helped them. 
but I can't because I have been I have been actually like blocked I've been told well you're not gonna do it you're not gonna help these people they will have to come to my cross and they will have to ask for forgiveness by themselves and if they can't do that they are on their own and this is the punishment that you know God you know I'm giving them you know as God saying that you know they have done this to me they have hurt me a lot so now they will have to suffer they will have to pay for all the crimes and the sins and the reparations they've committed against the heart of my mother and the hearts you know and the heart of and my heart you know and all those who have sent that they have rejected it means that they were rejecting my message because when you okay so when you reject the message of you know the messenger who's giving the message it means that they've rejected the message of Christ that he was bringing to them and in this way the these people heap upon themselves the chastisements that have been predicted to come and even being multiplied as we speak so this is how things have been going and i really feel bad for these people who i was living with i i don't know they're not they're not really my family they they're like cuz they rejected me and they told me well we don't want you anymore in our lives and you know what and whatever you have to say we won't listen so you just you're not part of this family and i wanted to help these people but now they're going to suffer because they've decided that you know they don't want god in their lives they don't want what god has to offer in their lives which is all has always been good but now they want evil and they're here trying to like think that everything is fine well everything is not because the children are suffering now and they also suffering because they don't listen to god they don't listen to jesus they don't listen to anyone who you know a divine being who just comes our jesus and the blessed mother and wants to talk to them and they just don't want to hear so they're suffering and they will continue to suffer like i told you the world will suffer for the next 40 years and it's because of you know the website i created in youtube was called 40 years in the wilderness for hearts found and so this is how the world is going to go it's going to go in circles trying to find god they're going to try find god if they don't repent they will continue to go around in circles they're not going to find what they always wanted or what they want in their lives so this is the punishment that they are they're going to face so um we were going to continue here with the events leading to the denial of the apparitions uh you know of garabandal against the um official world council of the churches vatican in vatican 2 from 1959 you know it started mostly after john paul the 23rd was elected pope so and i had already told you that these apparitions had coincided with the garabandal and the blessed mother was coming to tell the children that if people don't change then the chastisements will still come and since the church didn't want to listen and they had rejected the messengers which means they were rejecting the message which means the chastisement because the blessed mother was saying the cup has already full it's actually more than that and it's you know this chastisement were going to be worse 
And so um, the Pope, Pope the 23rd, had announced a positive union of the future of the church. And the opening message elicited a very positive outlook in life other than the negative connotations of past reformers and seers from that day onward. Any seer or visionary who interpreted the future with a doomy gloom was to be condemned, in other words, unapproved by the church and uninvestigated. So you can imagine what happened after the um, these kinds of phenomenal were beginning to increase during that time, the 1960s going beyond, and the Blessed Mother wasn't happy at all with the reforms. She saw for the church a bitter ending, and she said, yes, this uh, Vatican II Council will be a success, but the truth is it will not produce good fruits. Also, let us call this council not only the Vatican II, but the world you can you Eucunamical Council of Churches, bringing a unity of all religions, Catholic or not, and beyond, creating a one-world religion. So this is the one-world religion we're talking about here, guys, from now henceforth. I'll, you'll be listening to me referring to the one-world religion, okay? Catholicism being the one who initiated it and, you know, allowed it to, you know, take place officially on a global scale. So during one of the operations, rather than the, the, that last one, the message was many bishops and priests are leading many to hell, which I'd already discussed a little. The documents at Vatican II were being reviewed and given a stamp of approval while these operations were ongoing. Our Lady wanted these messages known to the world, but the church had already closed its, its doors on such messages. And just like my family did, close the doors and the protestant churches and all the other denominations and all those um have closed doors on the real messengers of christ who just try and tell them to come back to christ you know the sacraments and all those things okay and put them aside and put aside by them and this very act displeased the holy mother of jesus christ however even with this indifference the heavens were not silent and could see that all was happening and doing all in, and they were they were trying to stop such atrocities more than you know that would lead many away from god and the holy mother so in the year 1963 john paul the 23rd died and was buried the liturgical reforms commenced afterwards so this time another pope is elected pope john paul the 6th the Latin Mass is done away with. They begin to preach the gospel of love, as all charismatic movement churches do. In this way, these anti-popes began to become more recognized, not only within the church, but outside of it. Suddenly, the uniqueness of Catholicism that it had within itself was no longer there, as now they could identify themselves as Protestants, and behave just like the Protestants, you know? So the Catholic Church uh, became Protestant in its ways, its thinking, its actions. It chose to throw all spiritual discernment of the Holy Spirit out of the window. And this has a very big, huge impact on Our Lady's devotion because the devotion decreased immediately after this Vatican II came into being. The apparitions were increasing, but the devotion to Our Lady was decreasing and was being 
adamantly being stopped by this, um, you know, the ones who had taken over Vatican II, okay, the Freemasonry world, the new church, you know, Novus Order. So Rome chose to conform to the world. Instead, the world turning to the church, it became the opposite. So in 1965, the Economical Vatican II Council concluded with it the 16 written documents. The council ended in a very jolly and joyful atmosphere. All the people went back home contented with the Vatican II reforms. And I'm going to discuss more further what these reforms are and what was really going on with this Vatican II disaster and how it brought about a schism in the church and how it led to many priests and bishops and some of the nuns leaving that church to just, uh, you know, go to other churches, right? So what happens after the, ne the, the next, uh, what happens next after this council only leads little to the imagination of the many who were left. The Holy Mother appears to Conchita one last time and she asks if she can go to heaven and be with her. The Blessed Mother replies, I cannot take you with me. You must repent and do penance. You must tell all the others who are with you to do penance and pray. Pray the rosary very, very hard for the chastisements are coming and they will not stop until the world repents. Can you imagine this kind of scenario where the messages of Our Lady that she was giving for people to repent and for people to just not allow this kind of atrocity to enter into the church to be adamantly against it and to stand firm in the faith and to hold firm in their faith this is the persecution of the church that our lady of fatima had already predicted to come so the persecution of true people of god are being persecuted the inception of a new world religion the three goals of Freemasonry and Satanism is this. The creation of a new world order, which is a new constitution of the order. The inception of a new world government and the inception of a new world order that began with Vatican II at Rome. Because the rest have already been created. The only thing that was remaining was a new world religion. Because a new world government has already been in place since the very beginning since the, the day the uh, presidents of the American were being assassinated and replaced with those who were going to actually accept this new world order government. Let's begin with part one, the inception of a new world order. Okay. Let us continue. The inception of a new world order, part one. 1962 to 1965. Now we're going to first uh, understand what the Catholic Church is. The Catholic Church is, actually, let me just say in past tense, was the only true Church of Christ as originally recognized so as so before Vatican II's official acceptance. The progressivist had already reached the most important positions in the Church hierarchy since Popeyes the fifth how catholicism became protestant after 1959 onwards and before that they had to get rid of a visionary who was so adamant in trying to stop this 
world order, this religion to take form. And this was Sister Lucia dos Santos. And believe me, you, when I say the apparitions were approved, but the messages were disapproved. So let us start because we'll continue with that. I'll explain further because it has everything to do with Sister Lucia, the third secret, and what exactly why the church was silent about the third secret and why they never released it publicly. First of all, we have Pope Pius XXIII, who was given the secret. And you know what happened when Pope Pius XXIII received this secret? He was devastated. Those of the bishops and all those uh, who were in the council who, are in, who had come so that they could read the third secret to the world, they realized that they could not read this secret because of its implications against the church and how the church was going to like end more than begin. It was going to be like a total replacement of this Catholic church that was there in existence. And it was going to be given to another, um, it was going to be given to Fatima. So I'm going to read um, the secret, but before that, let me just read something here. A new church replaced the Catholic Church as it was known for 2,000 years after Vatican II. Pope Pius XXIII was like, we cannot allow uh, prophets of doom to continue telling us what to do. We can't allow that. So he had Sister Lucia you know, disappear from public, okay? In other words, that's what they say, she disappeared from public. In fact, she was taken out because the real Sister Lucia would not have allowed Vatican II to be actually officially accepted by the world. Had that the third secret, okay, so I'm going to say the third secret, okay? Had the third secret been actually read, many, many of the Catholic Church, of the clergy, and all those people would have adamantly refused Vatican II to be officially intercepted or incepted, you know, into their constitutional religious, you know, reforms. It would have completely been taken out of equation and the Latin mass would have been retained. The Latin liturgical reforms would also have, have been retained. So everything would have gone on in the best way possible. And, um, you know, the world and the church would have been saved had the third secret been read. And I'm going to read it to you, so stay tuned, and I'm going to come back right this moment. Thank you. So, let me give you the, um, the secret of Fatima. And, um, okay, so here we go. It was in January 4, 1944, when Sister Lucia noted down this secret. If you're part of the Catholic Church and you feel offended, this is the secret of Our Lady of Fatima. And you'll understand the reasons why Pope John Paul XXIII could not and what and never really did you know, reveal. And the popes you know, after, who came after Pope John Paul XXIII refused to reveal this secret. And it's because of this. Rome was doomed. Now I will reveal the third part of the secret. This part is the apostasy in the church. Our Lady showed us a vision of someone who I describe as the Pope, standing in front of a praising multitude. 
but there was a difference with the real Pope. The evil look this one had, the evil look, this one had eyes of evil. Then after a few moments, we saw the same Pope entering a church, but this church was like the church of hell. There's no way to describe the ugliness of this place. It seemed like a fortress made of gray cement with broken angles and windows like eyes. There was a beak on top of the building. We then looked up at Our Lady who said to us, You have seen the apostasy in the church. This message can be opened by the Holy Father, but must be announced after Pope Pius XII and before 1960. Do you understand, guys? It was supposed to be announced in 1959, okay, after Pope Pius XII had died. During the kingdom of John Paul II, the secret continues, the cornerstone from Peter's tomb must be removed and transferred to Fatima because the dogma of faith is not preserved in Rome. Her authority will be removed and given to Patagol. The cathedral of Rome must be destroyed and a new one built in Fatima. If 69 weeks after this command is announced, Rome continues its abomination. The city will be destroyed. Our, Our Lady told us this is written in Daniel 9, 24-25 and Matthew 21, 42-44. So let me tell you, in 2011, that's when the real secret was revealed, but it wasn't revealed in a worldwide scale. At that time, Our Lady appeared in an apparition in Ivory Coast, and she showed herself to the world on that day. And to show that the the message that, that the third secret being released was her doing. She wanted it released, but it was already too late. The world had already accepted Vatican II. Vatican II had already done its damage. And so here we go. And now we, we now understand what uh, exactly Vatican II was. Okay, so let's continue. So it took 40 years of infiltration before 1959 for the Freemasonries to reach the highest positions of power to change its practices. Yeah, you got it. All those uh, preceding popes, um, even Pope John Paul XII, who actually, you know, uh, he did uh, accept the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima, but the problem is these popes were Freemasons and they were under command. So consequently, becoming the little horn, horn that speaketh blasphemies in Daniel 9.25 and who changes times and seasons and laws of God as has been revealed in the Seventh Day Adventist uh, reforms. The message given to me by Jesus Christ of Nazareth relayed to me this about the one true church of Christ. He told me that this church is the one church, one faith, and is under one baptism. You notice that the baptism of the Protestant church was borrowed from the original church, Catholicism. The baptism of Protestantism and Catholicism is the same. So if you change back to your Catholic roots, it will, you only thing that you will need is confirmation if you are already a Protestant. This is what I found out when I wanted to convert to Catholicism, but I realized, um, actually, to tell you the truth, I will give you my testimony of how I have, I left 
both the Protestant and the Catholic Church at the same time. I mean, I mean, after I realized, after this is one and a half years, realizing that, oh my God, Catholicism is not what I thought it to be, okay? So Pope Pius the, um, sorry, the ninth said this in 1840, from 1848 to 1878, his reign, concerning the one true Church of Christ. Let those who wish to be saved come to this column, this foundation of truth, which is the church. Let them come to the true church of Christ, which in her bishops and in her Roman pontiff, supreme chief of all, possesses the uninterrupted succession of apostolic authority. How clear can it be? Pope Pius the ninth, nineteen, is it ninth <laughs> or the tenth? In this sole church of Christ, no one is found, nor does anyone remain unless he recognizes and accepts in obedience the authority and power of Peter or the eleventh and his legitimate successes. Only the Catholic Church preserves the true worship, yeah, at that time before Vatican II. She is the source of truth, the dwelling place of faith, the temple of God. He who does not enter her, or he who leaves her, loses all hope of life and salvation, which is not true today, okay? Uh, because the Catholic Church is an apostate church right now. I remember being within the confines of the Protestant churches. I had no hope or source of truth in and around me. Most times I walked on eggshells. I didn't know how to approach God or even his temple of truth and worship. I was led by the spasms of wind that flew all about me. I was hopeless, and you know what? I had no source of salvation. I knew Jesus was my answer, but I also knew that I needed a lot of help getting close to his tabernacle. I was a sinner. I needed a lot of cleansing from within my heart of hearts. Something amiss began to develop within the latter popes of this new economical movement. For Paul VI, says this after Pope Pius XII died 1963 to 1978. The sole church of Christ, which in the creed we profess to be one, holy, catholic, and apostolic, constituted and organized as a society in the present world, subsists in the Catholic Church, which is governed by the successor of Peter. The third secret reveals this change of succession, very precisely such in that the successive popes popes after 1959 who came could not allow such a secret revealed to the public, halting the plans of the Masons to take over the Vatican, hence giving them power over the church, the papacy, the people, the laymen, and the world at large. Any lay obeying the church and her popes after this um, change would be committing heresy and falling under the apostasy of the desolation that has been abomination of desolation that has been predicted to come in the world and would be subjected to the chastisements that are already in the world today and all, all and even as we speak increasing our lady had predicted <clears throat> that there would come upon a faithless disobedient generation of high immaculate heart with this document of Vatican II there would be two realities in the world the Church of Christ, which would be more universal than the Catholic Church, this includes the charismatic renewals, the faith movement, and all those movements that have come after this one world religion 
you know, inception. The latter, which would be more restricted. The schismatics and the Protestants are also part of the Church of Christ because they believe in Christ and were baptized as such. So Pope Paul VI on Vatican II continues to say, this council declares that it realizes that this holy objective reconciliation reconcile all Christians in the unity of the one and only Church of Christ, transcends human uh, gifts, powers and gifts. The revealed intention of the Church of Christ was the rejection of the previous doctrine of the traditional Catholic Church and to include schismatics and Protestants in this new expanded Church. I had just come from receiving the messages from the Holy Mother and Jesus about the church being the true doctrinal church of Christ. And this will be the story that I will tell you um, was happening. So, so let's, uh, okay, so my former Catholic friend had told me that she was a part of a women's group that involved both Catholics and Protestants mingling together and I was so confused and shocked. I never told her a thing, for I thought that Catholics were supposed to know these truths about themselves. However, I ignored the fact that she mingled with the so-called Church of Christ, which was already apostate in its wake since Martin Luther. So, <clears throat> in the next episode, in the City of Destruction, I'm going to continue to talk about the change in the doctrine of salvation of the Catholic Church. And you see why this church is apostate and why you need to leave it completely. You cannot stay in an apostate church for the rest of your life. It's already doomed for destruction. So here we go. Let us continue. The Inception of a New World Order, Part 1, 1962 to 1965. Now we're going to first uh, understand what the Catholic Church is. The Catholic Church is, actually, let me just say in past tense, was the only true Church of Christ as originally recognized so as so before Vatican II's official acceptance. The progressivists had already reached the most important positions in the Church hierarchy since Pope Pius V. How Catholicism became Protestant after 1959 onwards, and before that they had to get rid of a visionary who was so adamant in trying to stop this world order, this religion to take form. And this was Sister Lucia dos Santos. And believe me you when I say the apparitions were approved, but the messages were disapproved. So let us start because we'll continue with that. I'll explain further because it has everything to do with Sister Lucia, the third secret and what exactly, why the church was silent about the third secret and why they never released it publicly. First of all, we have Pope Pius XXIII, who was given the secret. And you know what happened when Pope Pius XXIII received this secret? He was devastated. Those of the bishops and all those uh, who were in the council were in who had come so that they could read the third secret to the world, they realized that they could not read this secret because of its implications against the church 
and how the church was going to like end more than begin. It was going to be like a total replacement of this Catholic church that was there in existence. And it was going to be given to another, um, it was going to be given to Fatima. So I'm going to read um, the secret, but before that, let me just read something here. A new church replaced the Catholic Church as it was known for 2,000 years after Vatican II. Pope Pius XXIII was like, we cannot allow uh, prophets of doom to continue telling us what to do. We can't allow that. So he had Sister Lucia, you know, disappear from public, okay? In other words, that's what they say, she disappeared from public. In fact, she was taken out because the real Sister Lucia would not have allowed Vatican II to be actually officially accepted by the world, had that the third secret, okay, so I'm going to say the third secret, okay, had the third secret been actually read, many, many of the Catholic Church, of the clergy, and all those people would have adamantly refused Vatican II to be officially intercepted or incepted, you know, into their constitutional religious you know reforms it would have completely been taken out of equation and the latin mass would have been retained the latin liturgical reforms would also have, have been retained so everything would have gone on in the best way possible and um you know the world and the church would have been saved had the third secret been read and i'm gonna read it to you so stay tuned and i'm gonna come back right this moment thank you so let me give you the um the secret of fatima and um okay so here we go it was in january 4 1944 when sister lucia noted down this secret if you're part of the Catholic Church and you feel offended, this is the secret of Our Lady of Fatima. And you'll understand the reasons why Pope John Paul XXIII could not and what and never really did you know, reveal. And the popes you know, after, who came after Pope John Paul XXIII refused to reveal this secret. And it's because of this. Rome was doomed. Now I will reveal the third part of the secret. This part is the apostasy in the Church. Our Lady showed us a vision of someone who I describe as the Pope, standing in front of a praising multitude. But there was a difference with the real Pope. The evil look this one had. The evil look this one had eyes of evil. Then, after a few moments, we saw the same Pope entering a church. But this church was like the church of hell. There is no way to describe the ugliness of this place. It seemed like a fortress made of grey cement, with broken angles and windows like eyes. There was a beak on top of the building. We then looked up at Our Lady who said to us, You have seen the apostasy in the church. This message can be opened by the Holy Father, but must be announced after Pope Pius XII and before 1960. Do you understand, guys? It was supposed to be announced in 1959. Okay, after Pope Pius XII had died. During the kingdom of John Paul II, the secret continues, the cornerstone from Peter's tomb must be removed and transferred to Fatima because the dogma of faith is not preserved in Rome. 
her authority will be removed and given to Pachogo. The Cathedral of Rome must be destroyed and a new one built in Fatima. In, if 69 weeks after this command is announced, Rome continues its abomination. The city will be destroyed. Our, Our Lady told us this is written in Daniel 9, 24-25 and Matthew 21, 42-44. So let me tell you, in 2011, that's when the real secret was revealed, but it wasn't revealed in a worldwide scale. At that time, Our Lady appeared in an apparition in Ivory Coast, and she showed herself to the world on that day. And to show that the the message that, that the third secret being released was her doing, she wanted it released, but it was already too late. The world had already accepted Vatican II, Vatican II had already done its damage, and so here we go, and now we we now understand what uh, exactly Vatican II was. Okay, so let's continue. So it took forty years of infiltration before 1959 for the Freemasonries to reach the highest positions of power to change its practices. Yeah, you got it. All those uh, preceding popes. Um, even Pope John Paul XII, who actually, you know, uh, he did uh, accept the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. But the problem is, these popes were Freemasons, and they were under command. So, consequently, becoming the little home, horn that speaketh blasphemies, in Daniel 9.25, and who changes times and seasons and laws of God, as has been revealed in the Seventh-day Adventist uh, reforms. The message given to me by Jesus Christ of Nazareth relayed to me this about the one true church of Christ. He told me that this church is the one church, one faith, and is under one baptism. You notice that the baptism of the Protestant church was borrowed from the original church, Catholicism. The baptism of Protestantism and Catholicism is the same. So if you change back to your Catholic roots, it will, you only thing that you will need is confirmation if you are already a Protestant. This is what I found out when I wanted to convert to Catholicism. But I realized, um, actually, to tell you the truth, I will give you my testimony of how I, have, I left both the Protestant and the Catholic Church at the same time. I mean, I mean, after I realized, after this is one and a half years, realizing that, oh my God, Catholicism is not what I thought it to be, okay? So Pope Pius the, um, sorry, the ninth said this in 1840, from 1848 to 1878, his reign, concerning the one true Church of Christ. Let those who wish to be saved come to this column this foundation of truth, which is the church. Let them come to the true church of Christ, which in her bishops and in her Roman pontiff, supreme chief of all, possesses the uninterrupted succession of apostolic authority. How clear can it be? Pope Pius the ninth, nineteen, is it ninth <laughs> or the tenth? In this sole church of Christ, no one is found, nor does anyone remain unless he recognizes and accepts in obedience the authority and power 
of Peter of the 11th and his legitimate successes. Only the Catholic Church preserves the true worship yeah, at that time before Vatican II. She is the source of truth, the dwelling place of faith, the temple of God. He who does not enter her or he who leaves her loses all hope of life and salvation, which is not true today, okay? Uh, because the Catholic Church is an apostate church right now. I remember being within the confines of the Protestant churches. I had no hope or source of truth in and around me. Most times I walked on eggshells. I didn't know how to approach God or even his temple of truth and worship. I was led by the spasms of wind that flew up all about me. I was hopeless. And you know what? I had no source of salvation. I knew Jesus was my answer, but I also knew that I needed a lot of help getting close to his tabernacle. I was a sinner. I needed a lot of cleansing from within my heart of hearts. Something amiss began to develop within the latter popes of this new economical movement. For Paul VI, says this after Pope Pius XII died 1963 to 1978. The sole church of Christ, which in the creed we profess to be one, holy, catholic, and apostolic, constituted and organized as a society in the present world, subsists in the catholic church, which is governed by the successor of Peter. The third secret reveals this change of succession very precisely, such in that the successive popes after 1959 who came could not allow such a secret revealed to the public halting the plans of the masons to take over the vatican hence giving them power over the church the papacy the people the laymen and the world at large any lay obeying the church and her popes after this um, change would be committing hearsay and falling under the apostasy of the desolation that has been abomination of desolation that has been predicted to come in the world and would be subjected to the chastisements that are already in the world today and all, all and even as we speak increasing our lady had predicted <clears throat> that there would come upon a faithless disobedient generation of high immaculate heart with this document of vatican II, there would be two realities in the world the Church of Christ, which would be more universal than the Catholic Church, this includes the charismatic renewals, the faith movement, and all those movements that have come after this one world religion you know, inception. The latter, which would be more restricted. The schismatics and the Protestants are also part of the Church of Christ because they believe in Christ and were baptized as such. So Pope Paul the sixth on Vatican II continues to say, This council declares that it realizes that this holy objective reconciliation reconcile all Christians in the unity of the one and only Church of Christ, transcends human uh, gifts, powers and gifts. The revealed intention of the Church of Christ was the rejection of the previous doctrine of the traditional Catholic Church and to include schismatics and Protestants in this new expanded church. I had just come from receiving the messages from the Holy Mother and Jesus about the church being the true doctrinal church of Christ. And this will be the story that I will tell you um, 
was happening. So, so let's, uh, okay, so my former Catholic friend had told me that she was a part of a women's group that involved both Catholics and Protestants mingling together, and I was so confused and shocked. I never told her a thing, for I thought that Catholics were supposed to know these truths about themselves. However, I ignored the fact that she mingled with the so-called Church of Christ, which is already apostate in its wake since Martin Luther. So, <clears throat> in the next episode, in the City of Destruction, I'm going to continue to talk about the change in the doctrine of salvation of the Catholic Church. And you see why this church is apostate and why you need to leave it completely. You cannot stay in an apostate church for the rest of your life. It's already doomed for destruction. So here we go.